The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Hi and praise the Lord everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ-TV, Channel 14 on Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon, a landmark in Kalhi for over 90 years, and our prayer talent, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lachbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and confluence and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, 
Please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. When we first come to know about Jesus, we are filled with many unanswered questions which cause us to doubt what is being preached to us. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing this uplifting song titled, He Who Began a Good Work in You. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano, Pohaku Kara on the organ. We are led by faith and not by sight viewers. And we must allow Jesus into our hearts so he can mold us into what he wants us to become. He who 
This morning, we have the men and women of our church band under my leadership to delight you in an old-time favorite tune entitled, Old-Time Religion. Isn't it great that we can always enjoy good, down-to-earth gospel music? blessed to have our soloist, Shirley Nabing, praise the Lord in this beautiful rendition of the song titled, The Sweetest Name of All. And that name, TV viewers, is the Lord Jesus Christ, the full redemptive name. He is the soon coming bridegroom and the author and finisher of our faith. Accompanying Sherlyn will be Christy Hahn on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Nabing on the bass, and Associate Pastor Trustee Erin Sproat Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. Jesus, you're the sweetest name of all. Jesus, you always hear me when I call. Oh, Jesus, you pick me up each time I fall. You're the sweetest, the sweetest name of all. Oh, Jesus. died and took away my shame. You're the sweetest, the sweetest name of all. 
sweetest, the sweetest name of The sweetest name of all. In John 1, 1, it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Salvation TV viewers is and always will be an individual matter between you and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Your family can't save you, your friends can't save you, and not even your pastor can guarantee your salvation. It starts with you and it ends with you. Our church choir will sing for you once again this comforting song entitled, His Word Will Stand. Listen to the horses. 
always waiting on the promises of God is our instrumentalist, Punahele Kapuni, who played for us on her auto harp, a wonderful song entitled, Nothing But the Blood. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and shed his blood for all mankind. And because of these selfless acts, viewers, our sins are washed away and salvation is full and free. As we continue our walk with Jesus, we are comforted to know that He is with us every step of the way. In Matthew 11:28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This next group, known as the Jubilees under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will blend their voices together in this delightful and robust number entitled, I'm Gonna Keep Walking. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this fun-filled number to Mr. and Mrs. Kenneth and Leslie Alagan of Oahu, Hawaii. Your kind and friendly disposition towards others in and out of the house of God will not go unrecorded or unrewarded. May Jesus pour out bountiful blessings upon you both in this life and that to come, pressed down and overflowing. 
Have a beautiful Sunday. Hello and good morning everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda and at this time I would like to take a moment to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego. 
From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ Channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Akamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Kessner Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alviru in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Waasano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawain, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Thank you. At this time, I'll return to Head Pastor William N. Hahn Sr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Today, telecast viewers, I have an urgent plea for you. I simply want to say it's time to come out of the world. This is no time to be compromising with sin. These are such perilous times in which we live, with violence and aggression in our so-called own backyards and such sort of events occurring as drive-by shootings in residential areas and public parks resulting in deaths and injuries, as well as fatal and horrendous terroristic bombings. Our only recourse is to depend on Jesus to make all crooked paths straight and to protect us with his precious blood and name. Thus, I invite you to partake of today's TV sermon entitled, Jesus Christ Loves Sinners, Not the Sin Within. Are you familiar with the Bible's account of the five wise virgins, the five foolish virgins, who each took a lamb with them as they set out to meet their bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you recall how one of the, how the five foolish ones were unprepared and were forced to stop and buy oil to fill their lamps, which had run dry? The ending of the story was a tragic one for them as their door of opportunity to be the bride of Christ was shut down with an irrevocable finality, and it became a door never to be opened again. They had not been prepared. The path of Jesus Christ is always straight and narrow, and it may sometimes appear to be somewhat difficult and oftentimes 
an uphill climb for some people. However, we must all realize that the easy downhill path leads directly into condemnation. And we do not want to hear the Lord Jesus Christ say at the in judgment, I know you not. Don't enter into my rest. It is therefore of the utmost importance that today's sermon will encourage us all to take immediate action to seek the Lord Jesus Christ and accept his personal plan of salvation. Today's sermon topic is taken from the very beginning of God's Word, the Bible, and is based upon the first four words of the very first scripture that reads, In the beginning, God. It is a sad conclusion knowing that many people today do not believe that Jesus Christ, God himself, our Creator and Heavenly Father, spoke these words to create the heavens, the earth, and everything else, including mankind, of absolutely nothing. God's word in Genesis 1.31 states, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Many naysayers have made statements saying that if the creation was so very good, then why do we have sicknesses, diseases, evil-mindedness, rapes, murders, deaths, and so forth? God's Word tells all mankind that man is created with a God consciousness and free agency to make choices. It also relates how Adam, the first man, and then Eve, the first woman, were friends with God and served Him before they chose to disobey His known will and personal commandment given to both of them. In Genesis 2, 16 to 17, it reads, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. We know that Eve was given these instructions from God himself, and she did know and was well aware of what she was doing. Her response, when queried by the subtle servant Satan himself in Genesis 3, 2-3, relates, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, It shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it, lest he die. When Eve succumbed to the serpent, and also gave Adam to eat of that which was forbidden by God, Himself, they both chose to disobey the specific commandment given to them by God Himself. God's word in James 4, 17 imparts this very clear warning. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Willful disobedience by both Adam and Eve opened the door for sin to be pronounced upon the entire human race and everyone born into this world. Hence, Romans 6.23 declares, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Upon reading and analyzing everything we have studied up to this point, we can easily conclude and understand that God's creation is truly very good. However, it is mankind himself who has polluted it with his sinning ways. As a result of Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden, the entire human race lost its relationship with God. Hence, it became separated and no longer a friend of God 
and was subjected to God's death sentence because of sin. God, therefore, had to sacrifice Jesus Christ as his love offering for mankind to pardon the sins and transgressions committed. God's love made a way of escape and brought the promise of eternal life to everyone who will accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Master, and Lord. 1 Corinthians 15.21 recites, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Yes, by the first man, Adam, came sin and death. And by the second man, Adam, Jesus Christ, came the promise to receive eternal life in heaven above. Therefore, Doubting Thomas posed this question to Jesus Christ, how can we know the way? Jesus Christ responded in John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Doubting Thomas did not realize that Jesus Christ was God's sacrificial lamb and love offering to bring mankind back into a spiritual relationship with God himself. And because Jesus Christ died and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, we today have the choice and opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, Master, and Lord. Every man, woman, and child born upon this earth must come to realize that salvation is an individual matter between ourselves and the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, every man, woman, and child must personally accept and accomplish God's commandment to be born again into a spiritual relationship and friendship with Jesus Christ, God himself. Hence, the most important question for every man, woman, and child to answer for themselves is, what must we do to be saved today? Simply put, the answer is, we must accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, Master, and Lord. Be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins and be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Hence, the gospel is the good news that one, Jesus Christ can save you from sin and death. Two, Jesus Christ can heal your sin-sick body. Three, Jesus Christ can fill you with his Holy Spirit, call the Comforter, and with spiritual fire from on high. And four, Jesus Christ is coming soon to call up his waiting bride, the church, and he returns in clouds of glory. When Jesus Christ passed through Galilee, he preached the message to repent from sin and to believe the gospel of the kingdom of God. God's word in Mark 1, 14 to 15 reads, Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. The phrase, the time is fulfilled, can be translated to say, Now is the time. The very next phrase, and the kingdom of God is at hand, can be translated to say the kingdom of God is within you. This simply means that the zeal and power of God's Holy Spirit magnifies the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, who is Jesus Christ himself within our hearts, we are filled with God's Holy Spirit. The term repent is defined as godly sorrow for sin and is used in scriptural reference implying that we must have a change of heart to re in respect to self and sin. 
Unlike confession, which refers to verbally owning up to one's own errors, repentance means we must do away with the old lifestyle of sin and begin to walk in a new lifestyle with Jesus Christ, depending on Him for all things. The term believe is a verb that is used to predict that someone, some kind of action is forthcoming. The man, woman, and child who declares his or her belief in Christ Jesus is actually vowing faithful acceptance to his call with a willingness to obey God's commandments for the salvation of our souls. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, was imprisoned because he stood up for God's truth and righteousness by telling Herod the Tetrarch that it was a sin for him to have Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. Hence today, we too must take a stand for truth and righteousness as the present-day disciples of Jesus Christ. The ministry of Jesus Christ entered, centered itself in the Galilean area. He was the first preacher of the gospel of the kingdom of God and the primary example for every man, woman, and child to follow. If Jesus Christ was standing here with us at this very moment, he would encourage everyone to follow him by practicing God's love, friendship, true discipleship toward others. Jesus Christ was sinless and possessed the Holy Spirit of righteousness in his words and actions. Jesus Christ displayed obedience through sufferings and became the perfect example to follow as the author and finisher of our faith and salvation. God's word in Mark 16, 16 exhorts, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Simply put, dear television viewers, to believe God's word means to be baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And to be filled with God's Holy Spirit is to receive the full salvation of our souls. If not, we will be damned according to God's word. The biblical example and true account of a man named Nicodemus is written proof that every man, woman, and child must be baptized. Therefore, John 3, 5 reads, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In the 6-7 through seven verse, it reads, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. This scriptural commandment given to every man, woman, and child must be done according to God's word, the Bible. To be born of water means we must be baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And to be born of the spirit means we must be filled with God's Holy Spirit speaking in God's unknown tongue as the only Bible evidence we have received His Holy Spirit within. God's mandatory born-again commandment is addressed in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In his sermon to the Jews in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, Peter was preaching baptism in the name of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of God's Holy Spirit, being the chief apostle of Jesus Christ. Acts 2.41 confirms God's blessings that followed. Then they gladly received his word, were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The Lord Jesus Christ confirmed Peter's preaching of his word 
and the multitude of 3,000 souls were baptized on the day of Pentecost. Hence, the term baptized is derived from the Greek word, which means to dip, to plunge, and to immerse. Water baptism defies the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we go into the water, it is a type of death. When we go under the water, it is a type of burial. And when we come up out of the water, it is a type of resurrection. Hence, we are now resurrected to live a new life in Christ Jesus or a life above sin. Romans 6.4 therefore declares, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Any other method of water baptism is incorrect, and the applicant must then be rebaptized correctly to have a spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ. The biblical phrase that reads, every one of you, implies that no one is exempt from being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus Christ is God's holy, true, only true name of authority that must be administered in water baptism. Acts 4.12 confirms the commandment to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Believers who are baptized receive two wonderful gospel gifts by God's following God's instructions to the very letter. The first is remission of sins, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ that remits our sins and removes them as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. The second is the promise to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is confirmed within us when we speak in God's unknown tongue or heavenly language as the evidence that we have received God's Holy Spirit within. God's Holy Spirit will empower mankind to possess the mind of Christ, and it will help every man, woman, and child to live a life above sin. Hence, God's Holy Spirit within will enable us to hear Jesus Christ call up his waiting bride, the church, saying, Come up hither. After a Sunday morning service concluded, a young man noticed the pastor shaking hands with his departing congregation and uttering words of encouragement, endearment, and brotherly love. He approached the minister and was also greeted with sincere and friendly praise Jesus, to which he replied, praise the Lord. The pastor then continued the conversation by asking, are you a friend of Jesus Christ? The young man answered, yes, I believe I am. Ah, said the pastor, remember that our Lord Jesus Christ said, ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. The young man's eyes fell into a downward stare, and then he said, if those are the conditions, then I guess I have not lived up to them. This same question applies to each and every one of us today, dear television viewers. We too must adhere to God's biblical commandment to be born again of water and of God's Holy Spirit as addressed in today's telecast sermon. Although some may not take the question of friendship with Jesus Christ seriously, it is the most critical decision that every man, woman, and child must make today. In doing so, Jesus Christ will become our friend, a who closer than a brother. Jonathan, the oldest son of King Saul, king of Israel, first appeared in biblical history after his father's ascension to the throne. By then, he must have been about 30 years in age. Jonathan is introduced in the Bible as a bosom friend of David. Their friendship began on the day that David's return from the victory over Goliath and was confirmed by a solemn covenant. 1 Samuel 18, 1-4 states, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking to Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and wouldn't let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. 
And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. And his garments even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. This scripture identifies the formal ratification of a covenant made between two friends. The gifts given by Jonathan demonstrated his friendship, unselfishness, and brotherly love for David. Shortly after this, he pleaded with his father on behalf of David and secured a reversal of the royal decree against David's life. 1 Samuel 19, 1, 6 and 7. Further reads, and Saul spake to Jonathan his son to all his servants that they should kill David. And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swear as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. However, King Saul's anger soon returned, and David had to flee for his life. Hence, Jonathan and David met at the stone of Israel and entered into a second covenant, pledging to strive for each other's safety. <clears throat> and David vowed to show kindness to the family of Jonathan when he was delivered of his enemies. And Jonathan again pleaded with his father, King Saul, to spare David, and that enraged him, so that he cast his javelin at Jonathan with the intention of taking his son's life. The next day, Jonathan communicated to David the failure of his mission, and they parted to meet only once more. Their last meeting was in the forest of Ziph, during Saul's pursuit of David. Jonathan expressed his confidence that his friend David would take over the throne, and the two made a final covenant for the Lord Jesus Christ, and then parted to meet no more. Nothing more is heard about Jonathan until the battle of Gabor, where with his father, King Saul, and two brothers was slain by the Philistines. This last battle against the Philistines closed the first chapter of the Israelite monarchy and ushered in the Berlin period of King David's reign. 2 Samuel 4.4 relates the rest of the story. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, belonged to the royal line in spite of a fall that made him a cripple. Mephibosheth experienced the friendship and kindness of God through David, as written in 2 Samuel 9, 3-4. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan had yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Meshir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar. Mephibosheth, who was exiled, lived in a place called Lodibar, which means no pasture. He was remembered because of a covenant that transpired earlier between Jonathan and David. The kindness of God is reflected in David's mercy, allowing Mephibosheth to live. Mephibosheth, the grandson of Saul and son of Jonathan, expected to be put to death, but instead King David exemplified his mercy and compassion due to his friendship with Jonathan. Mephibosheth was then called into King David's presence and exalted because of his father's friendship and kindness to King David. Likewise, sharing our daily friendship with Jesus Christ brings every man, woman, and child to inherit the blessing of eternal life in heaven above as a member of his spiritual family. Therefore, we will then be able to respond when Jesus Christ calls his waiting bride of Christ. 
The church is saying, come up hither. Come up hither. Come up hither. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. To conclude this inspiring telecast, we call upon the members of our church band to play when the roll is called up yonder.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.